And welcome to another Living in the Past episode for this, our 1996 season. We're in spooky month of October. It is spooktober. Um, so and what a spooky episode we have in store. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, a, not a bevy of um, horror movies, but like, you know, we've got, we got, some, we got some tools, we've got some crows. <laughs> Uh, but we've got all sorts sorts of stuff Um, we're going to get into that uh, in a little bit we're just going to first get all of our present day uh, stuff out of our system so we can just go back and talk just strictly about 90s so this is living in the now So um, it's we're I'm doing a 31 days of Halloween, which I haven't hit that hump yet of like I don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> but I I know it's coming. Um, so I'm not I'm, even two weeks. You're not halfway yet. Yeah, usually I'm, I don't stay, stick with things very long. Um, <laughs> so this this podcast yeah. is a testament <laughs> to uh, yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, I um I've been watching mostly horror movies. Uh, last night I also made the boys watch because they were. Uh, we're all ready to watch the new Haunted Mansion on Disney, um, and it's not on there. Like it, it's, 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 it says coming out October fourth, and but it's not on there. So I'm like, oh okay. So then they got a bit whingy, and it's like, oh, it's just fair enough. Else. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'm gonna make you watch something from my childhood. You know that torturous thing that parents do. So we watched the uh, Garfield Halloween Adventure, <laughs> which I used to watch pretty religiously back in the day. Uh, I used to. Uh, um, borrow it from the video store much to my um parents distaste of all things american halloween <laughs> um but it's still i look i still think it, and the kids were laughing so i said look if they you laugh, the thing it is like, it's only 25 minutes oh. <laughs> but um look i, I said if, if you laugh then we keep going and they, they had to laugh so i'm like yeah it's um better that than probably the the haunted mansion with eddie murphy well, that's what hey, one of them said. Like, I think Hamish was like, "Oh, let's let's just watch the other one." I'm like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> let's not do that." My innocent young child. I did I watch. Uh, there's a new movie that came out um, called Totally Killer on Amazon, which I think everyone I've heard about this. Give a go. Um, it's uh, kind of a Back to the Future slasher type sort of thing. Best thing about it was Julie Bowen's in it, and now I'm I want to watch all the Modern Family again. <laughs> oh man. Doesn't take much to make you want to watch Modern Family. Does not because like, and she's like, she's all Claire Dunphy in that. I was like, oh man, I should watch them again. But um, maybe I'll just watch the Halloween ones. This uh... anytime you see like a gay couple or just what? any family that is not mum dad doesn't help child, that I, does it, it doesn't it doesn't help that I uh, I I follow a uh, a Modern Family Insta page as well. So at least daily i'm getting at least one piece that's that's keeping me good that's my methadone of uh not going back into the full series again but apart from that uh yeah just uh there's a lot to get through this month um for october just to get some movies in so uh we'll get into them in a little bit uh have you watched anything we're about to tomorrow night we're about to watch the friday the 13th the first one on the big screen for bonfire horror club have you ever seen on on friday the 13th on friday the 13th 
Have you ever seen the original Friday the 13th? Probably. I don't know. Um, If you ruin this for me, I'm going to stab you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so hard because it's... This one more than any other one that we've gone to. I don't care if you want to shit talk Suspiria, but I I have never seen... I have never seen this one on the big screen, like, and it, I just I, I can't wait. So it's it's going to be good. I'm pretty sure I have seen it, and I don't hate it. There's no Jason, you know, so we're good. Well, there is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I am going to upset people and say that in my brain does confuse it with Halloween here and there. But come on, how good well, it? If not? you want, if you want come a classy, on. if you want a classy version of this, you watch Halloween. Halloween's like the top top shelf. So you're basically agreeing that they're the same. Um, no, it's good. Um, it'll it'll be good to watch, I guess. Okay. But, Going indoors. Yeah, it is. My my natural way in life is to ruin things, <laughs> and it's not something that I enjoy or or aspire to do. It just it just happens. Oh yeah. Um, I occasionally I, I do enjoy I, doing it and do it on purpose. But... Dip my toe back into FIFA the other night, and I said, "Oh look, I'm going. To, I'm playing FIFA. I'm playing sports. Do you like me?" Um, I'm playing with this. I'm playing oh, with a, low, a, lower, so excited. a lower level team called Plymouth Argyle. How many questions Argyle. did I ask you? I was so excited. Yeah, I so said like I'm, I'm I'm playing with a lower level team named Plymouth Argyle, and you're like, ha, that person that we used to pay out years ago like, went for that team. Well, how did you not remember that? <laughs> I don't know. I'd never heard of that team until he said that was his team, and I went, I really? That's your team. Blocked it out. So I've started up again on FIFA, the new one, the newest one, FIFA 23 or 24. There is no, um, there is no new one. It's not FIFA anymore. It's called EA something. EAFC. EAFC, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm playing that one. Um, like, like a trial, or did you go and get it? No, it's on Game Pass, my friend. What? And uh, I am Forest Green Rovers. So uh, nice. They are the uh, the vegan woke team of the uh, <laughs> of all of England, taking so, the country by storm. They are. Well, so. they were. I don't know if they still are. No, they're not. Anymore. I think Wrexham's taken over. Oh yeah. Anyway, we could sit here and talk about soccer for at least another six minutes, but we need to get back into 1996. Let's do the events of October 1996. Alrighty, so we've got... Let the spooky begin. Yeah. Um, should I start off spooky? Should I start off with true crime? Oh, I, I mean, the majority of it, from what I can see, is spooky. Let's 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 go. Let's 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 work our way through one. it. Uh... So um, they started the gun buyback scheme after the Port Arthur massacre. Um, so this would run between October nineteen ninety six and September nineteen ninety seven. Six hundred fifty thousand uh, privately held guns were were handed in or collected. Um, and also the uh, amount of suicides and murders just plummeted after um, after this happened. So like, I'm not saying it's like it was a fix-all solution, but I'm saying that like maybe if another country, a, a great Western power, sort of even tried it for like you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just a coincidence. <laughs> um, I that's when the term much. coincidence was invented when Australia gave back all their guns and people stopped shooting each other. That's there's no correlation there. You can't prove that there is a correlation. Yeah. It's just, just nonsense to say that, that those two are related. 
Talk about things that get ruined. <laughs> Fox News <laughs> was launched. So I'm sure that the first thing they did was like, <laughs> we're on the air and now we're going to say that uh, this whole gun buyback thing is a false flag operation. <laughs> I don't know how... I mean, I can only guess. Um, I, I did I did watch a couple of clips of like the, the first few shows of Fox and it's conservative, but like not to the point it is today. Like I, I wonder... I'm, I'm hoping that they sort of built up to like the insane... Um, stuff they say today, like they maybe they did stay somewhat fair and balanced for like at least a year, but it was also Roger Ailes uh, who, <laughs> if you want, Google that name and see what comes back. Um, he uh, appointed himself as the uh, the CEO, um, and then it just all went downhill from there. So, Fox News, we do not salute you. No, um, we do not. In New Zealand, uh, the uh, government um, reached an agreement with um, now. I did. I did practice these names, and I'm going to butcher them, and I apologise. They reached agreements with um, tribes of the Wakato, Tanoi, and the Nagai Tahu um, uh, tribes of, of New Zealand um, for uh, compensation for um, settlements. So, 170 million dollars for each tribe. Um, as well as uh, an apology and the recognition of certain rights um, to resources in the land um, that happened in 1996. So, I mean, look, anytime we talk about reparations, I know it's not enough, but at least they were like taking a step in the right direction because if they look to the country slightly to the <laughs> to the left of them, depending on how you're standing, um, we had our Prime Minister, um, when he was asked about, hey we should do something about the stolen generations of Aboriginal families um, uh, that were taken away from their their natural families and, and tried to basically whitewash history. And they said, you should probably say sorry. And he said, the term apology would suggest intergenerational guilt. And I'm going to leave that out of any reconciliation bid by the Australian government. That doesn't make any sense. He basically said what he thinks everyone else was, and like I, I have to admit, like f- friends of mine, good people I know that I still know, at the at the time, they're like, "Well, we didn't do anything to him, so why we have to say sorry?" I'm like, "I think you're missing the point." But uh, yeah, so but if and you're acknowledging been... that you know something was use the word stolen, yeah, how can you say stolen generation? But no, I don't have to apologize for it. We sort of said in September '96, this is like what leads up to these moments, and like you know, this is like you know the the leader of a country saying to a proportion of his country that we acknowledge that you've gone through a bunch of stuff and that you've still got a lot of issues and a lot of um, anger, but I'm not going to acknowledge that we need to apologise for that. Uh, Janamara O'Shane, um, this is like okay and. Just a content warning, because this is um, a couple of things I'm about to talk about. Uh, I, I'd um, never heard of this either, yeah. so I don't know how... I, I, apparently it was big news, but yeah, this is the first I'd, I'd heard of it. Yeah, um, and just like, there's going to be like... um, uh, Yeah, just like some, some heavy stuff coming up, so just a warning. Um, he was a, a six-year-old victim of a fire attack. He was playing in his schoolyard in Cairns in October, um, in October 1996 in Queensland. And he was actually the nephew of a uh, of a magistrate for the not that it makes any difference, but like, so he was playing with his friends at school, and then a man um, arrived at the school with a five liter can of petrol. Um, he didn't know, like he still hasn't sort of ever said why he chose to attack um, uh, O'Shane. 
Um, but he drenched him in, in petrol and, and sent him a light with a cigarette lighter. And, just uh, just this one child, no one else. The principal came out and, uh, and, and um, smothered him with, light the, with his shirt and his hands. Same some of his body was burnt. Um, and he's still, he's still alive today. Um, he's uh, 33 years old now. Um, but yeah, he had, he had to have years of skin, skin grafts. Apparently his, um, his sweat glands were permanently damaged. So he can't actually sweat. Sense. Um, he can't. Yeah, he can't play sport because he, he can only he can only sweat through his face and hands from this like ridiculous attack. Um, we will speak of him uh, if living in the past carries into the two thousands because he did have a role in the summer two thousand games, uh, the Olympics. He got to he, be part of the torch relay. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people came out and support. Um, Lionel Rose, um, gave him his world title belt. Um, the Seven Network, uh set up an appeal that um, raised like, um, like a lot of money for him. Midnight Oil played a charity concert. Um, so yeah, like a lot of this, uh, a lot of these people sort of came out in, in, um, in support of him and, and, and got him through. He, um, the man who did it was arrested and convicted. Um, he was sentenced to life in jail. I'm going to save my, um, my funny story for the end because you're going to need it after this one. <laughs> Did you look in? Did you look into the killing of Sharon Lepakta? No. Okay. So, Sharon Lepakta uh, was a woman who um, she got into the online advertising business. So, did a lot of advertising for um, companies. Usually, sort of um, like she she helped out a couple of psychic help hotlines, um, a lot of sort of uh, um, home decor and lots of stuff. So she. She got paid quite quite well for it. Um, she had like a copy ad copy business as well. Um, she also marketed um, pornographic content, specifically stuff where women were unconscious and being drugged, hypnotized, and then engaging in sex acts with each other. So she sold her under uh, undergarments. Look and look, I'm not kink shaming. Some of this I'm kink shaming because some of it's like messed up. I haven't got to that part yet. Some of this other stuff's like you know, do what you want to do. If it's not hurting anyone, whatever. Yeah. Um. So she yes, she sold her undergarments. Um, then she would um, she had um, the, her own desire to be uh, killed. She got into necrophilia, bondage, sadomasochism, stuff like that. Um, but one of her main fetish was that she wanted someone basically to kill her. So, That's so Robert Frederick Glass, but you can call him Bobby. Um, he was a computer analyst. He had um, a wife and three children. In Early 1996, his wife was his wife was a bit concerned that he was um, on the computer more than he was with her. She went onto his computer and found a bunch of stuff that she didn't want to see, and so she separated from him. Um, and then he started to uh, talk to Sharon Lepatka, um in, in on, on a pornographic forum. Uh, they, within six weeks, would have 900 pages of emails. That were discovered later by police. Ooh-wee. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> depending on font size, it might not actually be that much. <laughs> We've got uh, so in, um, then on October thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. So when they get date specific, you know something is going to bad's going to happen. Um, she left a note for her husband. Um, saying that uh, if my body is never found, don't worry, I'm at peace. Yeah. Also, if you hear about this guy called uh, Robert Glass, don't go after him. I've asked him to do this. So she goes and meets up with um, with Bobby, and they go to his house. That's you know 
out <laughs> where all sort of people like this live, like out, out in the middle of nowhere. Of course. Um, so um, in the meantime, her husband found that note and were like getting police to uh, to, to try and find her. The police were looking through her her computer, but they they couldn't sort of work out where where they were going to meet up. She said that she was going to meet. She was going to like Georgia, like in Atlanta, but they actually were in North Carolina. Um, now, from an excerpt of the interview after um, the her death, he said, "I don't know how much I pulled the rope. I never wanted to kill her, but she ended up dead." So at some point, I don't know the exact details, but I'm I'm assuming they did some sort of bondage um, thing, and she he just went too far and she died. So was uh, he just going to fake her out, pretend? Because if she went there wanting to die, well, then the cops, was he just the cops, pretending kind of, to be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll kill you," but I'm not really going to kill you. And the cops, well, the cops sort of caught up with him, and they were staking out his house. And he's like, "Look, I, I don't know, she's not around here. I don't know." And then they've eventually had enough um, from the emails to get a search warrant, um, where they found a bunch of her belongings, um, uh, child sex material, thrift, free thrift, a three fifty seven Magnum computer disks and a bunch of other stuff that was just super incriminating. Um, they also noticed a small amount, a mound of soil 75 feet away from the house, which they found body parts in. Uh, so then um, he was uh, charged. Now, he was charged to... He pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 36 to 53 months for voluntary manslaughter. Then, for the... the um, the child sex material, he got 27 months. So for all that shit that happened, he got about five years or maybe a little bit more. But that doesn't matter because he died of a heart attack um, in 2002. So he didn't get to finish the sentence. Um, a month now, before he was due to finish? No, he was, uh, that was before he started his federal sentence. Oh, um, right. So the reason I brought this up was because it's Weird. a landmark case for a couple of reasons. One, it's the first case on record that used... Uh, the emails and the contents of emails to basically uh, put a person into custody. So like it was on the strength of yeah. like the email email evidence. Um, and also it, it created a, a large debate about censorship and whether like these sort of forums should be like more closely watched and lots of stuff and whether that's like sort of stepping on personal liberties, a lot of anti... Um, censorship people came out and said look you know this is horrible but like you can't just go monitor like you know the internet's kind of a place where we can sort of live out these fantasies um and you know hopefully not do them in real life um and also psychologists uh use the case as a uh, a landmark for trying to increase their understanding of um like sexual sadism and masochism and, and asphyxia um, so yeah, like in, in those, in those, that's why I want to bring it up. Cause it was like kind of a landmark case for a few different things. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like with the, I think we mentioned it earlier this year, actually about the, um, the German man that wanted to be eaten by another, by another man. Um, this yeah. was sort of a few years before that. Um, and like, because she had said to him all throughout that she wanted him, her thing was she wanted her to, him to kill her. I don't know whether that sort of added to like the the more manslaughter rather than the first degree murder murder of it all. And then uh, inspired a film starring Maria Bella. Yes, yes, I've never Weird. I've never heard of that film, and that Me would have, that would have come out um right when we were at the video store too. So um, I think we missed it for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's get on to slightly um, slash left the Guns N' Roses. Um, he was, uh, like, I mean, 
it was a long time coming coming like they they had released a, an album um that wasn't doing very well i think axel was getting more and more axel <laughs> <laughs> um but as we know it wouldn't be for the last time he would come back but this is when he sort of like he had his solo band and he also did a lot of like um he, he toured like a, a blues band there for a bit too and my last bit of um news a little, little bit of happy scottish news to round oh. out my uh my <laughs> my dreary uh murder field news um so david brooks was a bagpiper who wanted he was known as the bagpiper of hampstead heath uh and in october 1996 uh the city of london um basically they were saying look you can't keep playing your bagpipes people hate it you're annoying stop it and he's like and I'm not doing an accent. Um, he said that uh, by pro- prohibiting prohibiting him to play his um, musical instruments, um, his pipes were actually an instrument of war because he was like back in the 18th century when like Scotland were like going to war, like the, the bagpipes were actually you know part of. I don't know, I think they're actually officially part of like a you know um, they'd be used in, species. Well, no, they'd be used like in their attacks and stuff like. There'll be always be a piper sort of, I don't know, for whatever reason. So their response to that was like, all right, then we'll say that you're carrying an offensive weapon then <laughs> and, and, and you'll go to jail. And he's like, oh, okay. So basically they, they came to an agreement that he can play, um, he can play, he can play it three times a month, um, which he did for <laughs> many, many years. And he died um, recently in 2020. Um, but yeah, he would, he would play his bagpipes so three times a week on the Parliament Hill bandstand on Hampstead Heath in you London. You think for those three times they limited him to in time, or did he just play for as long as he could on that day? I have no doubt that he was just like, if I'm going to do this <laughs> with my instrument of war bagpipes, uh, yeah. I'm going to get there at sunup and I'll be there until dusk. And if you ever see a picture, if there's a picture on the, um, uh, what is it called? The Camden New Journal, and he's everything you would want in a Scottish bagpipe player. He's got one of the hats that I wear quite regularly. Of course. <laughs> um, he's got a nice grey beard, and he's got absolutely no emotion in his eyes. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he is the perfect Scotsman. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my happy end uh, that, to, that to, my, nice. to my news. So Thank you. Let's go on to sport. What a legend. What a champion. No, it's been a marvellous game here. All right, so a few deaths in sport. Um, no, not really. Um, that would have been great. It's like three Scottish people die. <laughs> I mean, I I don't. I think early on, I may have covered some deaths in sport. Um, yeah, that's right. But there would have mostly been people that no one knows. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, you do you. You don't. I'll 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 do the I'll do the dark. You you bring the light. Um, the Woodies did it again. The Fanders. <laughs> uh, that... No. That's a terrible name. <laughs> That's worse than the Dionets. All right. Woodies. Uh, yes. Only, I'm not going to say only, but it's still a tennis tournament, but the Singapore Open. I didn't know they had one, but they do. Yeah. Cool. It's part of the ATP tour, so I guess it's a real thing. Uh, the Woodies won the doubles, and Jonathan Stark 
I'm sure you recall. Johnson Stark. Johnson Stark. No, yeah, no. Nope. Um, beat Michael Chang. Ah. Oh. Michael Chang just can't catch a win, can he? <sighs> Not having a good time. Right. Um, we also had in more exciting sports the Three Nations Cup. Okay, that is a women's ice hockey tournament. There we go. Yeah. Uh, no Woody's there. Jeez. <laughs> trying to bring a legitimate section to this mess. All right. <clears throat> uh, Canada, United States, and Finland. Ah. Finland didn't really show up to the competition, <laughs> not winning uh, any of their four games, but they scored a few goals. Okay, good on them. They came third. <laughs> Out of three. <laughs> <laughs> Canada beat the United States 1-0 in the uh, would you call it a final <laughs> uh, I don't know good on them yeah um, boo USA yay Ken Ada. yeah um, uh, you know that, that's the thing I didn't realise this was a real thing but good for them go Canada go women's sports yeah, over over two thousand people attended. Sorry, over four thousand people attended that um, gold medal match. If you could call it a gold medal match, it's weird to call it that. But <laughs> well... that's what they're called. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, speaking of gold medals, where they don't do them, well, actually, no, they do do them. The Oceania <laughs> Football Confederation Cup. Ah, nice. Yes. Uh, the the second leg was held in November, but it's just too juicy to wait that long. Oh, look! Don't don't leave me hanging. So leg one was, uh, this is Tahiti in Australia mm-hmm. in the final. I'm sure you're all aware. Uh, the first leg, it was 6-0 to Australia. Nice. That's, yeah. <laughs> nice to like confirm that. <laughs> um, and then it came home, the, the second leg was played in Canberra in front of 9,000 people, apparently. Um, Australia won 5-0. Look. So... Yeah, rough times to be a Tahitian, Tahitian, Tahitian. Yeah, just, that's what I said. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that meant for Australia going forward as a sporting nation, but you know they've won something. Yeah, good on. Yeah, be a while a since they do. <laughs> be a while again since they took. <laughs> yeah, does it even happen again? Um. In other weird news, Pakistan had a 14-year-old play test cricket. Oh, Hassan Raza makes his test debut. Is he 14 years old? Did he stay in there for a bit? Is he? I'd never heard of him, Zara. He couldn't have been okay. around that long. He probably got a full toss to the face, and that was it. <laughs> like in the water. Oh, you haven't seen the fucking water boy. In the water boy, when all these other teams decide to. <laughs> Get their water boys to play, and they'll just get cleaned up. I don't know what you're saying at the moment. All I know yeah. is high quality H2O done that stupid voice. <laughs> tackling fuel. Apparently, <laughs> Laura heard someone recently say tackling fuel and thought of me because I say nice. it all the time. Uh, in the Grand Prix, old mate Damon Hill, not to be confused with Nigel Mansell, who is also British. He becomes the first son of a champion to be a champion. <laughs> I don't know if there's many father sons in the F1, to be honest. 
Funston said, like, my dad said that I'm a champion anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mind Damon Hill, though. He's, he's seen it, right? Yeah. Is he, he's British, yeah? He is. Cool. Uh, he's, he's like the Tim Henman of Formula One. But no one probably knows who he is either. So we move on to the least exciting news of it all. The 1996 Major League Baseball American Series. That's what I'm going to call it. Because people get annoyed when you say world because it's not the world. It's a continent. (laughs) Old boring mates, New York Yankees came up against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Where's Toronto, you may ask? Don't know. <laughs> we are not there. Uh, it went to six games. I guess that's somewhat exciting, is it? If we're going to talk about your Sonics basically losing most of it <laughs> and getting up to the game They gave five, them a good it? run, though. They gave them a good run. Yeah, yep. Don't tell me they didn't. Um, that's good. I, I don't remember this one, um, but uh, I did try and... It's so hard to watch baseball. Like even it's hard to watch baseball now without like paying heaps for it. But like yeah. even back back in the day, you might get it like late at night on Channel Ten when they were still trying to be like the sports network. Like little highlights packages though, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, that's what, what you need that? in baseball. Channel Ten had that that little sports show, like a Friday or Saturday late night. They'd have like the little sports. Oh, thing. sports tonight. They had that every night. Was it sports tonight? Yeah. What happened to that? It was after the panel. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the um, Knicks, same thing. Yankees won. Um, Atlanta took the first two games. Would have made it pretty exciting. And then couldn't catch a trick after that. <laughs> but yeah, they gave it their best. That's all you can ask. Um, that's that's kind of it. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot going on. There was some handball. There was a nice ball. No goal ball that I could see. Curling were not quite there, but it should be coming. So well, we've got two more months to go. We'll, we'll curl some in. I'll start. Uh, I'll get my broom. Yeah. <laughs> There's your sport. Thank you. Good day. You know what? That was, that was good. Did I keep it brief? You did. I think last month was a, was a big one. Well, last month I was also being a dick and um, just shouting out random players' names when I was doing word association with the football teams that you're bringing up. So. It's fun though, isn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Let's go on to movies. <laughs> all right, so, all right, I just went through puberty. Um, oh, congratulations. Oh, good on Got my big boy hair. Uh, <laughs> so we've got um, quite a few movies. Um, I've, a few that I've got here that I just I still didn't get around to doing so let's just go through the, the list Bound D3 The Mighty Ducks Glimmer Man Infinity That Thing You Do The Chamber Freeway The Ghost in the Darkness Long Kiss Goodnight Michael Collins Trey's Lounge If These Walls Could Talk Get on the Bus Sleepers Swingers The Associate High School High Sun Chaser <sighs> Thinner When We Were Kings Crash and Beautiful thing and microcosmos. This is a lot. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lot. look. I, I highlight them as I watch them. I want to watch them. There's a lot of unhighlighted films here. Yeah, yeah. So I've got um still to watch in my pile of shame. I've got the Chamber, Michael Collins, and Glimmer Man. Um, Take I didn't. Back. 
end up watching Glimmerman because it's a Steven Seagal film, and I'm like, it was it was one of those ones like if I had time, I'd watch it. I yeah. implore everyone of the podcast going public to there's a there's a podcast called The Dollop, and they did a three part series on Steven Seagal because there's that much in his life that needed to be talked about. Um, gets very dark towards the end, um, people smuggling and the like. So uh, get, if, you, if you want to know why uh, we have an aversion, apart from the obvious for Steven Seagal, <laughs> uh, please check out uh, the Dollop podcast for that. Um, so I didn't get to watch Chamber. Um, I'd already had enough bacon <laughs> that month. Um, let's get, did you watch Bound? I did. Did you get it all sexy? Because I've never seen this movie, but I know the front cover and I know that's R18. Uh, I am going to admit that I had seen this <laughs> back when P. 375 times before this time. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'd only watched it once. I, I gotta be honest, I don't know if I watched the whole thing. It's about, but uh, S&M, yeah? I don't know what it's about, man. <laughs> um, having watched it last week, mm-hmm. I hope that I did not watch it in full for the reason that was hard to watch. So this is the Wachowski sisters film. Was it hard? Who it wasn't hard enough. <laughs> who did the matrix. Yep. Done some really classy films. Yes. There's a letterbox review. that's <laughs> like, I can't believe these nerds thought they were dudes <laughs> <laughs> because when people in the nineties and early two thousands would say that's so gay. Yeah. And horribly. Some people still say it. But that's what you could say when you watch this film. Because it is all about trying to be as lesbian-y as you can. And I wish nothing more than for our dear friend Amy to still be here to do a watch along <laughs> of this and talk I'd, about this film. She she had seen this film, don't worry. I, because uh, yeah. it starts out so horny. Like the first 10 minutes is just... Just luck and eyes. I like the fact that one of the oh, characters man. is named Corky. That's probably the worst part of the film. <laughs> and how often she looks at herself in the mirror is like, ah, oh, come on, Corky. Ah, oh, get it together, Corky. Is that Jennifer Tilly? No. Because I, um, I can't I'm remember saying, her name. Because that's oh, um, Gina Gershon. Um, yes. Who kisses her brother in Face Off. Um, that's not important. <laughs> um, um, Jennifer Tilly's voice... Yeah, I was going to say, because I... Corky. <laughs> if it feels Jennifer Tilly's character, you'd have to really put the Tilly on for it. There is a point where she yells, and she sounds like a normal human being. Yeah. And not in a mean way, because I love Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. But for the first half hour of this film, I'm like, why do you have to talk like this? Um, this is so unsexy. I've never just... known Jennifer Tilly to not be sexy. Yeah. Until she was trying to be gay. And straight away, she's just like, hey, Corky, let's... You moved into my building. Let's fuck. <laughs> what is happening? And she's in a relationship with um Joe Panigliano. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. So Gina Gershon gets out of jail. You assume? Can you imagine? Um, so Jennifer Tilly has a relationship with Joe Panigliano. Is that what you're saying to me? Yes. Can you imagine the fights or even the conversations with those two voices? <laughs> well, that's the thing. When she yells, like you know, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Megan. <laughs> hey, he is he is full classic Pantaleano in this as well. He went full pants. Oh yeah, Joey. full pants, full wig. 
<laughs> oh, nice. Joey Pants. He's got, some, he's got some wispy hair going on. Cool. So Corky gets out of jail. Um, she gets set up with this job to refurb this apartment. The apartment is next door to Jennifer Tilly and Pantiliano. He's in the mob. Um, she's got roped into this relationship and is just like <laughs> <Roped>. living <laughs> bound. Yeah. Um, she's got bound to Pantiliano. I don't know why it's called bound, really. There's no, there isn't any BDSM going on. Um, she gets real thirsty for Corky when she sees her in the elevator, invites her over immediately, <laughs> tries to pick out with her. <laughs> We might, we might have our name for our episode. <laughs> it's, it feels the first 30, 40 minutes of this film feels like a choose your own adventure. Nice. But porno. Um, can I it read? It feels like a point and click game. You know, do you know the, uh, the IMDb parents guide, uh, section? Can I read? Um, can I re- can yeah. I, read I, you- I had a quick look at it. Can I read I you the sex and nudity part? Please do. Two women kiss multiple multiple times throughout the film. One scene shows the two of them in bed on top of each other. The both are engaging in hardcore tribadism. Do you know what tribadism is? No. That is what um, the uncouth of us would be calling scissoring. So it's like um, it's not rub- scissoring, but it's like rubbing rubbing their 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 vaginas together. No, because um, it's more thigh on on I just look. Else. I I'm just bringing up the dictionary meaning of tribadism. Okay. If you want to go to Oxford and tell them. I also... Nudity is seen in the theatrical version aside from a bare buttock, but the unrated version features two longer and more explicit sex scenes in which breasts are also visible. Not just breasts. Oh. The players are also visible. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a lot of beer drinking and beer drinking sounds, <laughs> which I don't know why that was necessary. You know that, that sound from the glass bottle? Yeah. Like it's just so prominent. Stop. The the foley artist on this one just really took it to town. It's like I've got this one prompt for yeah. beer drinking. I'm just gonna use that over and over. Um. So yeah, Joe's in the mob. Um. What's his name from Law and Order? Stabler. Yep. Also has some fancy hair. Uh. They think they set him up as like stealing money from the mob. Okay. And framing Pantoliano for it while the lesbians actually steal it. Is there's a nice little build up to it. There's a good little middle section where like the movie actually builds, but then it takes too long to actually get there. The sex yeah. is all at the start. Okay. And then there's like mob drama and then the end is too long. And for some guy who's doing so well in the mob as his hot girlfriend, he's got his big watch, he's got his rings, he's got this sick apartment. You know what he uses for a money clip? What's that? A rubber band. Ah. Yeah. That's what mobsters do. Um, I want to give it more than one and a half, but it was really kind of bad. So we've got Liar Liar coming up for Jennifer Tilly uh, after this. And then uh, she does a lot because I would have thought... Because um, Bride of Chucky <laughs> is 1998. And from... Pictures of this film and pictures of that, like she seems quite different, but she's 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 quite prolific in the nineties. Like I didn't realize that she was in so many things. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I I'm not sure what it is about her, but um, and that's not being naive because I know that she is quite a breastfully woman, and that was a big thing. But 
But she's also she kind of I like how she kind of owns it. It's it's good, especially in the Chucky yeah. films. Like she, she really yeah. does own it. Um, did you watch D three? Fuck yeah, I watched G three. Um, what did you give it? Because like, can I just say, fucking, <laughs> what a whingy little shit Charlie Joshua Jackson is in this movie. Oh, yeah. He is the worst. He is so. He goes to get to this, go to this prestigious college on a um, scholarship, basically, and then because his old coach isn't coming with him, he's like, eh, again. <laughs> yeah, you're my coach. You have to stay with me and coach oh, me through my whole life. He is the worst in this. I fucking hated him. Did you? Yeah, he's he's basically Luke Skywalker, but it's been coming. Okay, like let's... he's whingy in the first two as well, but this no, but is this the next is, level. Yeah, this, this is teenage whingy. Yeah. Did you notice the weird intro though as well? There was like slow mo and throwbacks, and there was credits. Then it had Charlie whinging about something. Then there was more credits. Yeah, it was very much like weird look, we've got, stuff. We've got Emilio Estevez for a day. Let's film all his stuff really quickly. We can we can have one costume change, and then he is out of here because he's <laughs> too much for this movie. He's too big now. He is uh <laughs> Going to do Young Guns three or something like that. I don't know. This I like how look. I love the whole eighties um, rich kids against like not so rich kids thing. I I'll, I'll, I'm always a sucker for that. Um, and the the jocks in this movie are just played to perfection. Um, one of them's done by Michael Cudlitz, um, who was in an awesome show called Southland. He's also he was in The Walking Dead. You'd know him; he's a big dude. He was in um, Band of Brothers, blonde as well. curly hair guy. Yeah, 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 he's in Band of Brothers. Yeah, um, yeah, but like, look, there's there's parts of this movie that are, that are pretty good. Um, I do like the fact that um, Goldberg <laughs> gets taken out, and they're like, oh yeah, that that um, the other goalkeeper that was only in it for like a minute and the second one, we think that she's way better than you, and we're going to put her in for a bit more. <laughs> yeah, which is true because. She's the cat. She's great. But then yep. Goldberg tries to sabotage her by making her eat and get fat and slow. Yes. Yeah, which was... I don't like that. I don't like that look. I like how, um, yeah, a few of them got sort of pushed into another team as well. Like it's... That's look. Banks. Banks always is, is better than that. Which is funny because Charlie's like the heart and soul of the team. Now, I might have dozed off in this. How dare you? I'm, it wasn't compelling. Um, Their coach too... Who like he's like a tough coach. He's the, he's not um I do like the fact that he comes in and like just completely tries to shake up the team. And like he doesn't do anything that egregious, but they all think that he's no. like the absolute worst. And he's like, it's just what coaches do. Like you actually had a shit coach in Gordon Bombay. <laughs> um, remember how he drove his car onto the ice? Yeah. <laughs> you and like, inside it. <laughs> every now and then he was fun and stuff, sure. But this guy's not that horrible. You're strangers to him. Yeah. He's just here to coach you and teach and you. Then, and then he comes in and he's like, oh, by the way, he's got a disabled daughter. <laughs> so Charlie stops being... Was it his sister? No, it's his daughter. No. This is the one that I got confused with the second one. Um, there's always a mean coach. Yeah, no, no. This one's this one's a, a okay catch. She's got a disabled daughter and he takes her on the ice in a wheelchair. And um, then, like, yeah, Emily says, like, takes Joshua Jackson and he's like... Maybe this is why he's a bit of a hard ass. Do you feel shit now? All right, I'm going. But yep, pretty much. <laughs> Where was he when Hans was dying, though? Oh my god, yes, Hans. Yeah, that's that's not a good scene. I don't like that plot point. Charlie's being a whiny little fuckface. 
He goes and sees Hans. He whines about it. And he's about to leave, and Hans goes, "Charlie, wait!" And he goes, <laughs> "Diplomatic immunity." <laughs> what do you want? Where? And he's like, "Never mind, Charlie. Go." And then the next scene is like, "Hey, Charlie, is 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 your mum? Hans died last night. Were you with him? Sit. No. <laughs> what did you say to him? Nothing." <laughs> But the trauma um, for like a fourteen-year-old. The last time you saw this guy, you're like go fuck yourself, old man. And then ah, oh, he died. Ah, oh. look, um, it's not necessary. I don't look. Okay, I don't want to be gross. You know me. I don't like to be gross. No, on you purpose. don't. There's something going on between Charlie and his mum <laughs> that I just don't. It's. Uh, it's the it's way they look at each other. <laughs> they just look. I know they spent a lot of time together. I just that's yeah. why Gordon couldn't get in there. Yeah. <laughs> just one night, Charlie's just like standing over him. He's like, "It's my mom." <laughs> um, let's move on. There was. I will one last point out. There was yeah. one potentially positive bit um, yeah. where Charlie's potential girlfriend was going through, she's saying, I want a petition to change the name from Warriors because it's demeaning. Yeah. And then Charlie lists off every racist American sports team name. Yeah. It's like, they're okay though. <laughs> and he's doing it like in a very naive, innocent way. Like, yeah, these are fine. But I really hope that that was like someone Satirical. saying, hey guys, like, all these fucked up sports names we got. Why is this a thing? I don't know if they're smart. This movie smart enough to do that. Yeah. Also, someone got murdered in the crowd during one of the games. What for real? Um, Portman throws one of the players over the glass or yeah. through the glass. There's no way you throw someone into a crowd wearing ice skates <clears throat> and you don't cut a fucking head open. Someone you know, died in that stand. You know a movie where two crew members actually did die. Uh-oh. Was the ghost in the darkness? <laughs> um, look, I Great love life. myself a animal attack movie. You know that's you know that's about me. I I, I do have gone through it's quite. Much, I was looking for this one, and look, and I I I did at one point in this one, especially because usually it's like an animal that cannot exist. It's usually like a huge shark, a huge bear, whatever like that stuff. That's like you know, obviously like a it's never going to happen. In this particular thing, it's like these are just lions that were in their environment and then they tried to put a train track in their environment and they're like, no, we want to eat you. <laughs> and then <laughs> they, they, they go off and they, they, there's this whole big thing about the hunting of the lions and it's like, oh man, like this is, this is just humans being shits. Um, nevertheless, I really like this movie because um, it, the lions look good. Like they, that, that's, Stan Winston did the effects. Like, um, most of it's practical. There's a lot of blood in this movie. There is a lot of blood in this movie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, uh, they don't really, they, they, they sort of say slavery is bad, but they don't really put it shine too much of a spotlight on it, which maybe was a bit. No, I mean, the film's about lines. So, you know. Yeah. So, 1858, we got Val Um, so Val Kilmer, he had just come off of, um, the, uh, on the Dr. Moreau. Um, which we knew how that went. Um, he's gone through a divorce. He is exhausted. And the 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 director's like, oh, shit, like, I think he's not going to... But apparently he was like, all the way through this was like a, a, a professional 
pleasure to be around on the set. Um, of course. Di- didn't have time to take um, Irish dialect at lessons, but that's okay. Who <laughs> was Irish in this? I. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes, he is Irish. He's supposed to be Irish in this. Um, he is um, basically a, a master bridge builder that goes to um, Africa to... Uh, to finish off, um, it's, it's basically going to connect um, over this river uh, two major um, shipping um, ports and stuff like that. So, like, it's, it's very important that he, he gets it done in six months. And also, he has a he has a son on the way, on the way. Um, so he he wants to get back in time for that. He gets there, and basically, they said like, "Oh, look, we've had a couple of people be uh, eaten by lions," and he's like, "Huh, okay." Um, and the first night, the first night he's there, it's not my business. First night he's there, someone else gets taken by a lion, um, and he goes and he shoots it. Um, basically, one shot through the head. Um, he's, Valkyrie's in a tree. Uh, everyone's like, oh my God, he's amazing. He's a bridge builder and he's a lion killer. And then they have like a nice montage of like him directing uh, men to do this job. <laughs> basically, you know, using slaves. Um, and then uh, the attacks start happening and they find out that it's two lions and they call they call them the ghost in the darkness so that's what the and they say that they say that quite a lot <laughs> in this movie it's like if you don't know that this movie is called the ghost in the darkness it is the ghost in the darkness um somewhere along the line they get in a dude named remington played by michael douglas now michael douglas was a producer on this film and they had a Tough time finding the um, heroic hunter that comes in and tries to save the day. And Michael Douglas said, well, I will do it for you. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> okay, Mr. Money, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so he Mr. comes Money. in and he also didn't have time for a uh, Southern American dialect coach. So they're now um, in, in broken dialect, <laughs> in broken, broken accent, they're hunting these lions. Uh, and look, there is... It is tense. I watched this um, uh, one Sunday morning. <laughs> it was it was like it was it was great. It was just I don't know. Like um, there's a, there's a couple of times I'm where confused like because many things you've said about it did not show it in a good light. But you also told me that you liked it. and You seem to have liked it. Well, I just I, I, when it gets into the action and like I read a couple of reviews that said like oh the first hour is like a real real slog, but it's like it's it's actually not. Um, apparently there's like there is a Michael Douglas apparently recut the entire film, so there is a couple of plot points that don't get like tied up <laughs> because he wanted more screen time for him because he's Michael Douglas. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, look, I I think that it's, it's for a creature feature for 1996 effects, it looks amazing. Um, there is a <laughs> There is a dream sequence he has, because like there's no women in this movie apart from the start. Um, his wife is with him when he when he goes off to to Africa. Um, but there's a bit where he has a dream where she comes and she's got their baby, and it's not supposed to be funny, but she's on a train platform, and he sees her from a distance, and she's waving to him, and he's waving oh, to her, and then he sees a lion running towards her, and that lion just like beats her off the platform, and it looks fucking hilarious, but it's not supposed to be. <laughs> This is woman with the baby just gets like <laughs> taken out by <laughs> And you're sitting there on a Sunday morning cackling and your son comes in and goes, What are you laughing at? Oh, this lady and her baby just get cleaned up by a lion. Look at this, I'll do it in, I'll do it in super slow motion. <laughs> um I don't know why I love this so much as a child. I should have rewatched it to see oh, you should. I, I would still do it. I would if if you get a chance, uh definitely. If 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 I see this at a at a 
op shop for like the DVD. I am, I am grabbing this. This is, this is fun. I'll there are three films on this list that I, I kind of wish that I watched, or I would still gladly watch. Is a long kiss goodnight one of them? It certainly is. With that, I watched that one pretty much straight after this one, and that is still a really good time. Uh, Samuel Jackson is fantastic in it. He's like really playing that that walking that line between Pulp Fiction and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, of of cool and also like um, wacky sidekick, uh, it is pretty. Yeah, like I haven't seen it for a while. It's a it's a um, Shane Black movie. He did like he wrote like uh, Last Action Hero and Predator and, and stuff like that. I think um, I've only ever seen this once. And look, it's got. And we were staying in like a shitty not Airbnb. What are they? Oh no, it was just it was a bed and breakfast hotel inn type thing. Oh okay, cool. So, well, good movie, good day for sure. But Gina I can't Davis, think it was still great. Yeah, Gina Davis is great in it. Um, Craig Bierko, did you do you, do you remember him? No. Craig Bierko, like I'll I'll spell it out for you. I want you to just get a picture of him up on your phone right now. Okay. So uh, Craig, and then it is B I E R K O. Glenn Hansard. Oh, what are those eyes doing? Okay, I don't. You don't know him. Uh, the photos that come up, there's like four pretty different looking guys. He's he's like um, I'm trying to find a figure. He's actually kind of like a proto Ryan Reynolds. Like he's got that he had that Chandler Bing type sense of humor, very sarcastic and all that stuff. But he also could switch to sort of intense drama quite easily too. Like he's actually like a decent and he sort of just went into obscurity like he didn't do he didn't um uh do a, a whole lot but when he when he did when he was in movies he was he was quite good um david morse is in this and he looks exactly the same as he does now like that guy does not age he's amazing brian cox is in it for a little bit um virginia davis steals the show she's amazing she plays like essentially two different personalities um that of like the 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 sort of housewife that she is now and then like the spy that sort of awakens when she gets into a car accident um if you haven't seen long kiss tonight for a while or if you've never seen it do yourself a favor it's amazing is there a bit of a born identity vibe to it yeah yeah this yeah. is like you know all that sort of stuff and like it's also got a very very um it's, it's the, the plot has to do with like a government cover-up of uh that the, the, the cia was in was responsible for the uh World Trade Center bombing a couple of years earlier, and they plan to do another one and blame it on the Muslims. Huh. And I'm like, huh, that sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> so yeah. it's um yeah for that reason too. It's just a it's just a really really sort of um weirdly sort of succinct movie. Uh, I will hand over to you for what what else did you see? Because I've got a couple more to go. But um, I I got to watch Trees Lounge. Was it good? Written and directed by Steve Buscemi. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's about Steve Buscemi's character who is constantly looking for a job. Apparently he's a mechanic, but no one wants to hire him because his car doesn't work. So <laughs> he's obviously not a very good mechanic. Um, his ex-girlfriend's uncle, who drives an ice cream truck, that's Seymour Castle, the old guy, he has a heart attack while driving his truck. And at the okay. funeral, they're like, why don't you drive the ice cream truck? You need a job. And he's like, nah, I'm above that. Fuck that shit. And then a week later, he's driving the ice cream truck. Um, picks up Chloe Savini. They start hanging out a bit too much. They get drunk with Mark Boone Jr. and her friend. 
he takes her home. They make out. Scene ends. Don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> her dad is Daniel Baldwin. Mm. Do not upset him. He gets very angry in his track suits. And he will beat the shit out of your ice cream truck and ruin your business. Oh. Um, All the way through the film... Like, they end up back at this bar, like, they're drinking. All they do is drink. It's a sad little town. But there's this guy sat at the bar called Bill, this really old man. That's all his life is. Goes to the bar, he drinks. Someone carries him home. Comes back the next morning. Uh, and towards the end of the film, they go to the bar, and Steve Buscemi's like, hey, where's Bill? And, like, he had a heart attack. Or, you know, something happened. He's in the hospital. We don't know what it is, but, you know, he might die. The last scene is Steve Buscemi sat in that guy's seat. Ah, he's going to be new Bill. He's the new Bill. Ah. Life's gone nowhere. Doesn't know what he's doing. He just hangs out at the bar and drinks. Oh. So, yeah, indie, kind of annoying. Well, <laughs> what indie films are. Well, I, I had I had the... Uh, it's not bad. Remember a couple of months ago, I talked about A Time to Kill, um, about how I used to like that quite a lot. And then I watched it this time around, and I, I did not like it at all. Um, with Matthew, Matthew McConaughey and Samuel Jackson in it. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched Sleepers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, now, no. Again, I didn't watch it because I was like, yeah, this film's great. I don't need to watch this again. It's a bit much, but I know it's great, so I won't watch it. Again, like, oh, no, no, look, okay. This one, not so much as like, it's, it's, um, didn't have the same feelings as I had with The Time to Kill, but, um, I, I'm realizing now how much, and maybe I don't watch those sort of movies anymore, but like the scenes of abuse are like, I can only imagine how triggering they are for, for, for people if they've been in that same like, yeah. situation. Like there is quite a lot of uh, very confronting scenes in sleepers. Um, the first hour of the movie is just, it's, it's really, really tough. I think if you're between like, 15 and 25 you've had a decent upbringing there wasn't a lot of negativity in your life this is a really cool film and like wow look at this yeah. other side of the coin otherwise probably not very good <laughs> well it's got it's got so many um big name actors in it like it's just and like the reviews go from like other completely hating it to to like to loving it um but you got like uh Brad Pitt um Jason Patrick Robert De Niro, uh, Mini Driver. Um, you've got uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Crudup's in it for his, uh, one of his, his first movies. Um, Dustin Hoffman, like this. Brad Renfro, who we Brad talked Renfrow. about. Yeah, um, Kevin Bacon. Bruno. So Kevin, my dad loves my dad loves this movie because Kevin Bacon gets shot to shit in this movie, and he hates Kevin Bacon. Um, okay, was in it. Yeah. Oh, Bruno Kirby is in this movie, yeah. Being as Bruno and Kirby as you could be. I, I, um, I was watching this with uh, my wife, and she's like, "Who's Bruno Kirby?" I'm like, "Oh, you'll know." And I said, "That's him." And she's like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was actually confronted a bit by the the Kevin Bacon being shot scene. Spoiler, um, because like it's like I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember it, but like so, Kevin Bacon basically works this um these these four boys get sent to a uh, juvenile facility because they do this prank where they 
steal a hot dog car and then they're teetering it on the edge of a, a staircase and then they kill a man because they like go on and it, it well no, no i don't think they actually kill him but he's on he's on life support they never actually say whether that's actually murder um so they get sent to this um this school for like this uh for school for boys and um kevin bacon is there and him and three other um guards uh just start a cycle of um abuse and torture um, for the next like eighteen months, for as long as that they're, they're there for, um, they end up killing um, a, one of their friends in this because um, they play this. The, one of the best scenes is they they do a guards versus uh, um, students football game, and the students just basically like <laughs> go. He's supposed to be touch football, but like they beat the shit out of the guards and like actually win the game too, and then like the the guards take revenge. Um, but yeah, there's um. So then there's uh so it cuts to like you know um ten years later it's the 1980s and two of the um boys that were abused are in a bar they're now like um part of a gang that um and then they're wanted for murder and you know they're pretty rough dudes they see Kevin Bacon there having dinner um and go up to him and just basically shoot him point blank range uh shoot him eight times and once in the head and there's just blood everywhere it's 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 quite it's quite the thing. And like, look, Kevin Bacon should have won some sort of award for his being shot acting because it's fantastic. I can still see it. Yep. Um, so then uh, uh, Brad Pitt um, is one of the boys that's grown up and he's now a lawyer. Um, he concocts this idea of basically not only getting his two friends off um, uh, not guilty, but also bringing to light all the horrors that they had to sort of endure while they're at this ju- um, juvenile, ju- juvenile detention facility. Um, so they hire this really bad lawyer played by Dustin Hoffman, um, and he basically, Brad Pitt's like basically writing all his notes for him, so all he has to do is say him. Um, the Dustin Hoffman bits is actually quite good. Like He, he plays plays the, um, the, the bad attorney bit quite well in this movie. Rob De Niro plays a priest that grew up with the boys, um, he's asked to basically give the the two killers a uh, a witness statement saying that they weren't at the bar that they were with him. Um, so there's like a bit of a crisis of faith. And they there. use the the baseball tickets, basketball, basketball. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, Jason Patrick uh, basically is narrates the entire film, um, and he's the one he works for. He's like he works for one of the newspapers, but um, yeah, he's. Um, he's sort of uh, helping out with um, Brad Pitt with like sort of making sure that everyone gets where they got, got to be. Uh, I never knew this, but, there was, but apparently there's like a lot of controversy about this film because I always assume like it says like, you know, based on a true story. That's all I used to know. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, it's not. Well, okay. The, oh. the, 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 the writers, the writer claims that it's, that it did happen. He's changed names, but this definitely did happen. But people went in and looked and said, there's no, trace of anything like this going through the new york um court system there's nothing about like this sort of stuff going on at any juvenile hall like around i mean and look you know stuff might not have been uncovered lots of stuff but like uh he the 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 writer um has what's his name um lorenzo uh casatera has had a lot of allegations thrown at him saying like but look just say you like made it up. <laughs> like it's a good story. We'll be okay. But like you know, don't say things that happened that didn't happen. Um, because when In you think about defense, it, 
pretty good chance that this has happened or something very yeah, close like, to what has happened. It also shows that like the New York court systems are fucking stupid because like this whole thing should not have happened. Like you know, the, the, there's there's way too many like if you think about it too long, like Brad Pitt would never be assigned to a case for like they would know that he's got some sort of connection to these two kids. Like there's there's all sorts of stuff going on where it's like that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. I still love the movie. It's still a great movie and a good good story. Um, but now, if when you watch it, um, there is two big uh, things at the end of it saying, um, this did not happen, basically. <laughs> this is not a true story. But that's the joys of... The joy and the pain of when a film says based on true events or based on actual events, where maybe this writer like, heard friend of a friend of a friend, oh yeah, they went to a boys' school and they got abused. There's your based on a true story. Fill in the blanks where you want. I think maybe he like at the time, and I don't know, I don't like. Maybe he sort of really pushed the fact that this definitely did happen, and because I don't think people would look into it unless he was like really pushing like the narrative of like, oh yeah. no no, this is this is really really good. So like maybe he was a bit sort of on the nose with that sort of stuff. But yeah, um, tell me about Swingers because I've never seen Swingers before, and I don't like. Um, look. I... <laughs> You know me. I like the chef show. I like I like me some Favreau. Yeah, you do. You really um, do. And you know, you might know me. I quite used to like Vince Vaughn. See, but I don't like if Vince Vaughn. End up with a Wilson or a Stiller. Yeah, I don't. There's a few things about him these days. My biggest thing is I do you remember. And I know you're not an award watcher, but maybe you saw it on the news. Do you remember when um, Meryl Streep? I think she was winning a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Oscars. And it was around about the time of Me Too. And she was doing this speech. And she was doing a lot of pro-feminist, pro-women sort of yeah. um, stuff in the speech. And it cut to a table of Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. And Why? they're just glaring at her. Are they on the same table? Yeah. Oh, that's not a good look. Um, so they're, And they're just glaring at her. Like, they're, also, they're not clapping. How is Mel Gibson still there? Oh, look. It's. <laughs> Does he get a seat? There's a really cool. Um, I cu- I caught a couple of um snippets of interviews with him. There's one where his publicist tries to shut down the interview because they're like they're asking too many like questions that that could get Mel in trouble, and it's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, like the look that they that they gave her, I I just cannot disassociate that from Vince Vaughn now. Like he just looks like just disgusted. He's not clapping. He's just he's just and then he's done this movie. Um, what's it called? It's it's he's it's, he's in a prison, um, and it's apparently like quite gross and quite full on like um R rated sort of movie. But that movie was funded. Um, a bunch of them um have been funded by like this like extreme sort of right wing film producers. Oh. Um, okay. and there's just you know what is that why he disappeared? There's just a lot of smoke. I haven't seen a lot of fire, but there's a lot of smoke that makes me think that there might be like stuff, stuff. In, and and uh, look, you know, people can have political opinions. That's fine. Like, they're different from mine. But I think that that thing at the Academy Awards like really rubbed me the wrong way. Like I, he just looked like such a piece of shit in that moment. And yeah, so I've, not I've, I've so thought... long ago. Um, I don't know if you have this as well. I've got a little Google feed that will give me stories that Google thinks interest me. Yeah. And a while ago, Vince Vaughn came up on one. Right. And it was a sponsored ad type one. Not sponsored, but like an ad type one. Like a, it was clickbait. Yeah. As they all are. And it said, why Vince Vaughn disappeared from Hollywood. Okay. 
and I wanted to click on it so bad because he was he was a big deal. He was like Will Ferrell, big deal for a while there, mm. and he did just fade away. And I thought, did he just marry like a non-famous person? They've just I think I heard that he married a non-actress, and that's partly why. But I didn't click into it because I know there's like four pages of ads I need to go through before I got to it. But... <laughs> and you know that like for the next few weeks, you're just going to get everything that Vince Vaughn's ever done. Yeah. But um, now is that perhaps why? Look, I don't... Anyway, back to swingers. I can keep it very brief. Uh, Vince Vaughn is very skinny. He is very tall. Uh, the movie is the first 15 minutes just them chatting about girls, how to get girls, trying to pick up girls, what they need to do, the person you have to be. I know um, that Kevin Smith was off. very a, a big fan. Oh, he turned it off. Yeah, it, um, off. it was awful. I, I can't watch that stuff. It's, it's garbage. If you like swingers, you're probably a garbage person. Watch it again <laughs> and have another think. Um, I know Kevin Smith used to love this movie quite a lot too. Like that, like I think uh, maybe for the dialogue portion of it sort of thing. So I don't know. Um, dialogue is great mindless gibberish and chattering about being dickheads is not great. It's not great filmmaking. You're not a genius. This isn't groundbreaking. Go away. <laughs> Don't watch this film. I mean, because <laughs> it's <was laughs> on, awful on the other end of the scale, I watched a film called get on the bus. Oh, really? I wanted to see that. It's on, that's on SBS on demand. It is like, on yeah. SBS. Yes. Um, so it's about a bus full of people that want to go to the movie Man March in DC from Los Angeles. But yeah, tell me about it. I, I, I haven't seen it for ages. Um, I'd never seen it. I don't think I'd even heard of it beforehand. And there was moments throughout the film where I actually looked up when it was set. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because yeah. I think well, it's a it's Spike Lee film. Yeah. Um, but like the camera work and like the filters on it, like it would go... There's a guy who's filming it, like make his own little docker throughout. So yeah, it's grainy as VHS. I should have known that it was based in the nineties because there's a guy filming it with the camcorder. But just the look of it every now and the language they would use, they say faggots a lot. Right. Um, there's two gay men on the bus and there's a lot of conversation right if they belong, what are they like, what are they gonna do? Uh Andre Brower, um Captain Holt fame. Yep. Hates gay people. He's a real dick in this, which he's great at. He's really good at being a dick. <laughs> it's really hard to watch because I love him so much. And he's just this young, cocky. He's an actor. He's, just um, a, he's a prick. Um, I think it's Isaiah Washington and that's his, um, Lennox are the that's, gay couple. That's his um, homicide, life of the street character like to a T. Okay. He's, he's fucking annoying, yeah. Um, um, Charles A. Stutton, isn't it? Of, yes. Uh, of uh, Alien 3 and also charged with murder fame. <laughs> oh, so many things. He ends up being the bus driver because Richard Belzar, the white guy, jumps ship. He's like, I can't be a white guy driving you guys to the Million Man March. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Oh, I like Richard Belzar. Um, Bernie Mac is in it. Um, Isaiah Washington is that Wendell Pierce says she <laughs> uh, and gets thrown off the bus because he hates black people. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid is a police officer. He gets on the bus with a German Shepherd. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Trying to bust people. Who... And then, uh, who is it? One of them is a cop. Uh, who was it? I can't remember his name. There's a guy who's he's not his mum, Roger Inver Smith. 
his mum was white and his dad was black. So I was like, oh, you're not really black, but he's a cop. <laughs> okay. And he stands up and like, oh, sir, I'm with the LAPD. And Randy Quaid's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to find the drugs on here because you guys have drugs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Classic Randy. <laughs> um, classic Randy. He had, a busy, he had a busy year. Yeah, he did. All of these guys did. Wendell Pierce was in um, something else this month as well. Um, Isaiah Washington's been around. It's it's been a good time. Ozzy Davis plays the old man. He's nice. so good. Um, yeah, so they pick up Wendell Pierce in this small little town. He's a car salesman going on about how rich he is. Gets on the bus, does not stop talking. And he just goes on about, you know, black people are fools. He's going to go to the Met this March. He's going to sell cars. He's going to make money. Black people are idiots. We need white people to save us, pretty much. And they throw him off. Like he actually flies through the air. Um, so that was kind of funny. Nice. Um, there's a weird scene where Andre and Isaiah decide to have a fisticuff fight and they stop the bus and everyone makes like this circle to stand around them and cheer. Okay. And they play a redemption song. Okay. <laughs> while that happens. <laughs> uh, they don't end up getting to the march because when they get close, the traffic is so backed up. There's some, I guess, I don't know if there's a, an anti-protest on the way in there. I don't know. They couldn't get close. They got to wake up Jeremiah. Like, you know, we're going to have to walk for a bit or like we're taking a break because traffic's fucked and he won't wake up. Ah, oh, okay. Somehow they get out of the traffic. They get him to the hospital. And the rest of the guys, like some of them, they're like, all right, we need to get to the march. We can't come here for nothing. Let's go. And if you guys stay at the hospital, then Charles S. Dutton's like, no, no, no. We can't leave him there. We all need to go back. Like, fuck the march. Let's be there, you know, for our brother. We can't just ditch him. Yeah. We go back to the hospital. Ozzy Davis has died. Uh, oh. It's pretty sad. Um, I didn't think I was that emotionally invested in it until there's the moment where they, like, they all come back together and they find out that, you know, he was, he was the dad of the bus. Like, yeah, he told yeah. them stories. He sang them songs. He kind of brought them together a bit more. Brought their differences closer together or further further apart. What makes sense there? <laughs> Made them see past some of their differences. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he died. Oh. Um, it was pretty good. I'm not generally a Spike Lee fan, but I did like it, aside from a little bit of faggot use and the way they spoke. Yeah. I think it probably could have been done a bit better. But, yeah, well, I, I kind of liked it. We're closing it out, I think. Well, firstly, I, I watched Thinner, and that's terrible. Never watch it. Um, Stephen King? Yep. Um, but let's talk about that thing you do, which I realize in comparison to what you just said, <laughs> seems like quite a candy-ass sort of film. But, but good, good movie, good day, because... They do oh, respect um, black history in this film. They do, they as do. As much um, as they can. This is the, I don't know, I watched this with my wife um, on a on a weekday morning. We're both on holidays at the moment. Um, cup of coffee, just, um, our kids just and that managed to leave, leave us alone for like, you know, the full full runtime. <laughs> and it was just great. Like it was just, I, I didn't, exp- I, I'd seen this many, many times in, in like when I was younger. But, it's you, d- just... you don't think that it's going to be as good as it is when you watch it back, do you? No, and it's so, so good. Like, I just like... And being in a band 
um like a lot of that sort of stuff like back, but back when like there was i was the same age as them like you do um you know when you get your song on the radio or when like you know that sort of stuff like all these like little moments um really sort of resonate and it's just like um and steve zahn i was like you know i was i think i still told you like the other week you're like you think that you're the you're like one of the cool ones of the band, but most people are just the Steve Zahn of the band are just like a smart ass who like makes some pretty bad decisions. <laughs> it's always trying to pick up girls and never gets one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, I'm definitely the Steve Zahn of that but band. He's backing vocals and guitar. Doesn't make any sense. And also, um, he's the only one of that group of actors that could actually play guitar. Um, uh, excuse me. I have a part-time listener called Laura who will tell you that Ethan Embry can 100% play the guitar. Maybe not very good at bass. But he's played guitar in other films. Well, he can definitely not play bass very well. He can pretend. <laughs> uh, he can play bass well. What are you doing? <laughs> okay. Um, so. I watched this film in two parts. Yep. Um, so I think just after when they got played on the radio is where I paused it and had to come back to it. Did you get and... sick of the song? <laughs> no, because whenever I listen back to it in my head, it turns into I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. <laughs> I. I always remember that so, you know, there's that song they play um, sort of midway through, and it's the bit like it, remember in in the uh, the trailer, the bit where there's a there's a stop in the song and um, Tom Hanks does that thing where he like pulls his arm back and he's got the sunglasses on inside. I'm like, mm. it's that song I think is actually a, a bit better than that thing you do, but um, it's it's just a really like uh, you get I got sick of uh, shades. Um, Tom Everett Scott because Tom Everett Scott look he is a weird looking dude not that he looks he's a bit weird looking he also um, on this this um, show called Southland it's about cops in um, LA it's like it's a really really good show if you haven't got to see it but he plays a character that um, almost exclusively tries to hook up with um, widows of people who had died <laughs> that he's like come to the crime scene of so he's like a really despicable character in that, and like it's just really marked him for me for any other role that he's ever done. Yeah, there's a real um, you know, it's a bit Pearl Jamist of me, but I get a bit of a Dave Abrazee's Eddie Vedder feeling going on here. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's he's the last one to join the band, kind of just takes over and becomes a star of the band, but he didn't write the song. All he did was speed it up. A little bit accidentally, but I get how Tom Hanks says like he's, he's like oh you know you you got it because like he's the one that like he didn't really sort of take it for granted. He got a little bit cocky, but like he never took it for granted. He's like this is the stuff we got to do to like be, be successful, and like he's like this is what I want to do. Otherwise, I'm going back to the electronic store. By the way, his dad is one of the best things about this movie. I fucking love his dad <laughs> in this. Um, I like the way he he comes around and you know gets excited for his son when yeah, but also like um, about it. the fact that like his son's got like the number seven um, song in the country and he still gets like the melody and the words wrong when he tries to finally sing along to it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's very, have it on CD yet. It's a very dad thing to do. Um, Ethan Embry's great. Embry's great, and it's like it all like towards the end it gets a little bit like how are we going to finish this? Um. Yeah, I don't think we needed the the fake future selves moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I love when they do that in a film, and like these aren't real people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Ethan Emery just like 
vanishes basically <laughs> like he joins the he's joined the marines but like yeah he just doesn't like even rock up to the I, I i do like the fact that he's just like look this is just something i'm gonna do for the summer and then i'm gonna do what i, I want to do i love that he doesn't have a name well apparently it's to, i tobias. never noticed that no no he's not it's not tobias he has no name no no he, he came up with it um later like apparently he told someone like on a 30th anniversary thing but like yeah that he said like it's actually i think it's like tobias or something like that. yeah if you come up with it after it doesn't it doesn't count he's um, credited as tb player which stands for the base yeah the base player yeah and um, they never even... say his name at any point it's always like where's the base player yeah um Liv tyler's amazing in this um she has one of the best lines ever where she says, shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed. Is that the... Yeah. That's a real... Shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. What a line. That's amazing. Uh, shame on him for having Liv Tyler and being such a dickhead. Oh so God. obsessed with his band and his career, but you, you've got one song that got made good by the drummer speeding it up. Yeah. And then you just ditch it. And then he's like, I want to keep recording. I want to do more songs. And it's like, yeah whatever um so yeah look yeah. we are we are, we are a lot i don't love from. his his spartacus line either oh that's terrible that throughout the other time I oh, and, like um, steve zahn just shrugs when he says it one of the times <laughs> oh because he's like he, he, go, he says he, they're about to go on tv and he's like hey shades how do we get here like you know stream he's like i led you here because i am spartacus and he's like okay like you're a dick yeah that was great yeah i i, I hate that um, and um, the the dweeby guy that follows him around at the start, oh, the early fan, who's <laughs> like, we came to meet girls and dance. We can't meet girls until we dance. He reminds me of like <laughs> every fan that any of my bands have. <laughs> Just like that nerdy singular. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's 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 let's, let's, let's like go. <laughs> and uh, and KJ's radio, of course. Yeah. The radio station is KJZZ. Nice. Come on, come on, guys. So, uh, so let's go on to the box office for the US. Uh, it's It was first Wives Club, smashing it at number one. Um, then Sleepers. Mm. Look, <laughs> you go watch first Wives Club. I'm going to go watch Sleepers. It was more of a manly movie. <laughs> what are the kids going to do? They're going to go see d- d- the Ducks movie. Yeah. Um, Ghost in the Dark was number three. Long Kiss Goodnight was number four. And Ducks D3 was number five. So um, there is like a real lack of kids movies this year like i'm and even sports look, movies yeah like this this year's mm-hmm. there's a turning tide like i like even disney like had hunchback that's about it so i'm hoping 97 sort of ups the ante because like, i was trying my um my kid was like oh, i want to watch a movie i'm like oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch stuff for the pod and i'm like something for the kids <laughs> and then we we settled on um next month's um 101 dalmatians uh real life uh version so, uh, we, I mean, you could have tried high school high with John Lovitz getting stoned at high school. Uh, look, I I know myself like I know that my teenage self would have gone, yeah, go for that one, and my adult self like you don't like John Lovitz enough to watch him for an hour and a half. No, no one does. <laughs> um, so let's go on to TV. So, uh, we've got a few premieres, um, obviously all the Fox News programs premiered, um, but we've got a couple of staples from um, 
I mean, I'm not saying, I say my childhood, at this stage, I was uh, 14 years old, so I probably shouldn't be watching this stuff, but I really the liked, hey, I really liked Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold's like one of the best Nickelodeon shows of all time, like, bar yeah. none, like, I love that show. It was sweet, it was sincere, um, some of the storylines were just great in it, um, really the liked. Head shapes made no sense. Yep, um, and we had... And it was like in New York, and everyone wanted Hey Arnold's like room, his bedroom. It was like a this like uh, on the top of a building, and it had like a glass a glass roof. Oh it was yeah. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I remember that one. Um, that's one also I've showed to my at least my eldest son, and he's really liked it too. So it's 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 it carries through. Um, I wasn't a, I wasn't into Arthur because I think I was a little bit too old for that at that time. So Arthur. That was definitely for a slightly younger crowd than Hey Arnold. Yeah. Yeah um so but i mean i know all i know now is like the fist yeah there's a lot of memes <laughs> the fist and the one where i think she has a mushroom on her jumper there's goes, also oh, one with... i'm a failure there's also one with a turkey have you seen the one with the turkey uh maybe i think that, that one's like really inappropriate but yeah um oh, maybe there's, there's quite a lot of inappropriate memes that i've seen to do with arthur um, one also where it showed him as like an older guy <laughs> and that was pretty funny but yeah if you want to go meme hunting for Arthur for Arthur that'd be great um, the RuPaul show uh, which I was surprised that not you know that he made a show but also that the fact that it was it ran for two seasons I'm like you know this is still fairly conservative America but yeah um, I mean RuPaul's quite a conservative person as well I have to say oh really? yeah a little okay. bit he was also in the the Brady Bunch sequel again. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's into fracking. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's go on to then. Uh, oh, crikey, the uh, Crocodile Hunter um, had his first uh, season and our oh, first episode, and then like that took the world by storm. We'll get more into that in 1997. It really did. Remember that? Oh man! But then it's just like set us back um, about a decade. <laughs> Because everyone just got over it. It's like, oh, maybe they're more than Crocodile Dundee. And it's like, no, we're not. <laughs> we just make new I mean, ones. <laughs> John Howard and Paulie Hanson were setting us back even further. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. this couldn't hurt. But um, I just remember but, he was like on every late night talk show. Um, some of the Conan ones with him on are like fucking fantastic. You can see them. Seeing a man jump on a crocodile, t- duct taping its mouth, and then using a burlap sack was just just unreal it's like okay this is fucking cool and he was pretty impassioned about like um animal rights and stuff like that too like it's not taking anything away from him like the the showmanship i think sort of made it seem a little bit on the nose but like what he was essentially trying to do was like you know um spread information about uh yeah i think his positivity outweighed his negativity um his cruelty and there's obviously a lot of exploitation going on and potentially some mishandling i'm not a professional exotic yeah. animal handler but i don't know if you should be jumping on crocodiles and duct taping their mouth for, Honestly, for I, I, I think at the time too when he died his death was not um handled well by the public or the media like it was, no, kind, of it was a, kind of a, kind of a laugh and i just um yeah that was really gross that was a moment i remember i was with um some people i was hanging out with at the time and i'm like they're all just like making jokes. I'm like, I don't think I'm there anymore. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to take take some time away. <laughs> I think we're on different paths here. Um, 
The New Detectives, which was the show. I think I used to watch that more than Forensic Files. I reckon this one was like on. Um, yeah, like it was. I think it was. I may have gone for slightly longer. I'm not sure if it was like a 45 minute program, but like, yeah, I remember the New Detectives were like one of the ones that I watched religiously on Fox Hill when I had it. Um, there was no sexy guitar in that intro, though, was there? There was not. No, mm-hmm. it was. It was a little. I think it was a little drier. <laughs> no. um, I just watched. I watched, I watched a Forensic Files the other day about tainted meat, and it was just. I don't know that show. <laughs> That show is fucking amazing. Let's um, not forget the time that guy that found the clues because he slipped and fell over in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> this one was like full on, like they were showing like animals being slaughtered and stuff like that. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. That was the that. style at the time, I guess. My wife at the moment has been, she, she's real into alone. Um, I don't know if you know that show where they go into the wilderness and they're alone no. oh. and they have to kill animals and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not about that at all. Um, Millennium, uh, adult X Files. <laughs> we'll have to do a pot about it. Don't acknowledge it. It's. I remember I when it came it. out, and it. on DVD, and I was like, "Man, Millennium!" And I, I did get through a lot. But it's, it's actually like, for one, it's like heaps dark, like in in tone, and also quite. I remember the the, the big selling point of it was like. You like the X Files? Do you like it gory? Because this one's gory. Like this one was like MA on TV. Ooh, showed a lot of like blood. I remember like the first um one of the first couple of episodes. Like he there's like quite one, a guy's like being like strangled, but it's like it's it's real visceral. And I remember saying that thinking like, wow, this is actually for its time. Also, really smart to get on the Millennium bandwagon before anyone was thinking about it. Yeah, maybe got on it too soon, even. Yeah, because um, well, Robbie Williams hit is like three years away. They did get on it to a little bit too soon because um, no one cared about it after a couple of years, and they had to finish it in the X Files. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to uh, that one day. But let's get on to um, we uh, every week we for too long now for too long now. Um, I've been wanting we didn't start the fire. Back so much. No, this one's gone. <laughs> oh. um, so every every week uh, we go through all the guests that were on Conan O'Brien because we're big Conan O'Brien fans here. Um, but my colleague Ben does it to the tune of uh, "River of Dreams" by our Lord and Savior, Mister William Joel. Uh, he does it. He he remembers the melody sometimes. There's a bit where he does the <laughs> where he does the quick talking, and that's just uh, that just tickles my fancy every single week. So. Look, without you further have to remember, adieu, there's different names. There's a different amount of names every single time. So I still think we didn't start the files, but, but yeah, you do you, you do you. We'll do another Billy Joel's one next. Next, yeah, maybe maybe we'll change the song again, and yeah. you'll just like it even more. All right, so All I'm right. gonna give you a counting, and you're you're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna get my my stopwatch up. We're back. We're back to a full month. By the way, September was pretty short. This yes, is a. This is a five-week Five, four, three, two, one, go. Jennifer Tilly, David Arquette, Rasputina Scott Topson, Gina Gersh and Jeff Garland, Lisa Kudra, Elizabeth Berkeley, Fred Tatterwoom Baldwin, Fisher Stevens River Dance, Dr. <laughs> West, Ruth Westheimer, Lewis Black, Renry, Helen, Norm McDonald, Steve Buscemi, the Connell, Simon Jowich, and Chris Catan, Julius Giardini, <laughs> Eric Arda, Peter Gallagher, Lost Labeth, and Molly Ringwald. 
Tasha Smith, the Brian Sounds Orchestra, Desley Eberfra, Crash Test Dummies, Mary Steenenberg, Ray Romano, John Favreau, John Lovitz, Ellie Walker, Bristed Root, David Foley, Sandra Benhart, The Lemon Heads, Bernie Williams, Steve Harvey, Jimmy Blaylor, Dana Covey, Gary Marshall. <laughs> and that was it. Ah, 42. Yes. Oh, I'm so good at this. In a way. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's... You can self-appoint that to you. Yeah. Um, let's get on some music. So Aria charts and Billboard charts are still macarena by Lost Del Rio. So what the fuck? Um, it's it pains me. It really pains me. Um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be over at some point. It's- Nothing lasts forever. Uh, it'll just get, it's, all, all it's going to do is get changed by to wannabe. <laughs> which, is better, that. which is better. Um, so let's get on to uh, the releases. Now, again, I, look, mm. I just get excited about stuff. So I see like several names that I know and I'm like, good music month this month. <laughs> and you say, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I was so confused when you were all excited about it. and Because I, I looked at the names like, yeah, I know a lot of those names. But yeah. what are we excited about here? I'm, can you can you give me one to listen to? I can give you several. <laughs> so I'm not going to go for the the like. Look, okay, I I went to school with a lot of Tool fans. Um, I don't know if you did as well. Uh, no, actually, I no. I don't like Tool at all. I think Same. they are way overrated. I don't think any of them are great people. <laughs> <laughs> um look i i just think that like i don't i don't get i never got the big deal about them um i don't think that like their musicianship obviously like you know they're industrial like they, they got like you know a lot of musician like they're good at what they do i suppose it's just that everything they but do what they is do us. is i don't want to know it <laughs> yeah um i do um i will concede that the start of um the lead single Stink Fist, <laughs> which it's a good sounds, it's a good sounds like something I sent you from Garage Band going, Can this be an intro for a segment? It does, admit it, it does. It does I've sent yeah. you this sound before. Okay, not this bit. <laughs> And I can tell you right now that if you think that you knew a lot of Tool fans in high school, wait until you go to Certificate 3 in music at my local TAFE and you'll find them all Tool fans. <laughs> and it's a living nightmare. Um, yeah. I found Tool fans to be... Yeah. Not great. Sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to... But... Yeah, I, I didn't even listen to this one. But to... um to Look, and I know we don't usually do live albums here. Um, but the money, from the money back to the Wishka, um, Nirvana released a live album um, that they took sort of the best bits of all the bootlegs and all the recordings they had, and went through and 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 put out a, a really solid um, set. And I like the fact that they put in a few like I remember Milkit is on there, which is really weird because like you know you wouldn't think yeah. that's like one of the big ones. Um, there's a couple of like they obviously do the the, the lithium from Reading, which is just sounds amazing 
Um, but then they put Spank Through on there too, which was like a really early track. Um, I just found like at the time, me and my friend um, Brett, who were like, we were huge Nirvana fans. Like we was like, this is amazing. Like there was like liner notes about each track, about why they chose that one and where it's from. Um, and we just, we played this into the, like, and this was a time where like their live recordings weren't readily available. Like you had a few unauthorized ones that you found at the cheap store sort of thing. But there was not a lot you could sort of sort of get into, and this there was, was no Kazar or LimeWire yet. No, um, yeah, the Poly is the the speed speeded up Poly, which is really cool. Um, I just yeah, I loved it. Like it's it's, it's just a really um, good overview. I did not. You don't like it. I I like it now, but I think like is my maximum for it. Okay. My introduction to Nirvana was unplugged. Okay. And then onto Nevermind, then Bleach, then everything. And I came to love everything that they did. But when I got to Muddy Banks, it it just didn't fit in with what I knew of Nirvana. Like it was so like it wasn't messy, but it was just such a different sound. This and this is kind of what I like 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 about Nirvana is because they weren't always the greatest live band. They're, they're like Blink-22. Blink-22 was a terrible live band. They're a decent studio band, but like... Um, yeah. And I, I kind of like the the rough edges. Like, they were... Um, and you can tell... But the, the good thing about this one is that you can actually see from these varying times from over the years of how much better they got. Um, yeah. Which is which is really good. So, um, I was kind of... Um, the Drain You, I think they used, wasn't the... One, my favorite Drain You was from... Um, that New Year's Eve concert they did because um, he actually puts the scream in and it's amazing. Like he very rarely did the scream coming back into the last um, chorus live and it's just... Oh, Is that the amazing. one with Chili's and Pearl Jam on the yes. same? Yeah. 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 Um, did you listen to... Uh, you know what? Tell me what you listened to. I listened to almost a little bit of everything. I was sad. Crash Test Dummies. I did. Um, because like after you told me that he did some of the music for that thing you do, yeah, I was like, all right, I need to go and give these guys a go. Um, I know they're not just Stacy's mum, but let's see what it's about. Yeah, keep going. That's kind of it. I <laughs> love this album. I got halfway through. I don't spend a lot of time like driving or doing things where I can listen to music. Yeah. And for me to fall in with a band or an album, the first couple of times I hear it, I want to be doing something else. So it becomes, it gets into my subconscious. And then when I go and listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, For me, it. Fountains of Wayne was one of these um, uh, bands that I've got to, I got into late, um, which was a shame because they're really, really good. Um, very poppy. Um, very uh, catchy sort of songs. Not, not too catchy. I, I was not caught by anything. None of it was bad. I didn't dislike anything. But there was at no point where I was like, oh, I really like this. I just well, thought, um, that's okay. And unfortunately, I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of got into him because back at the start of COVID, Adam Schlesinger, who was like the lead singer, or the, the bassist from this band, was one of the very first... Um, I don't want to say people of note because like anyone who died at that time was of, of, of note, but like I remember that sort of came through the wire, like of a lot of the music sites I was following that he he died from complications from COVID. Um, 
and uh, I was like, oh, like, and I was, my first thing was like, oh, the Stacey's mum guy. Um, yeah. And then um, a few people were sort of putting uh, memorials out for him, and they put a song, and it's not, it's not on this album, it's on the next album, but um, uh, it got me sort of looking back into them, and I was like, they're really, really good. Like, they're really strong uh, songwriters. This one, potentially, like, that was the... That was the um, song that was played was Radiation Vibe, which is great. Sings to the Bottom is great. She's Got a Problem is, uh, is is amazing as well. It's just, I don't know, it's just really easy to listen to pop rock. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the ones, like, that I sort of discovered uh, during COVID when, like, you know, we weren't going out very much. I mean, not that I hit the town anyway. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's 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 got a lot to it and, and I really liked it, so... It is um, classic pool rock. We also had. Uh, I thought these guys were way later. I thought these guys were even like near the two thousands. But this is three AM by Matchbox Twenty. I can't believe you didn't play the Barbie song. I haven't seen Barbie yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, whoops! Is it push? <laughs> it is. It's now known as a Barbie song. I didn't even know this song for like, I I knew about Push very early on. That was that was huge. Yeah, I didn't know about music really until ninety eight, ninety nine when we moved to England, and Push was a big deal. And now it's it's another Wonderwall now, basically. Well, but let's, let's not go crazy. Um... <laughs> The weirdest front cover for an album that's supposed to, like, no, no, yeah, no offense to like the guy who's on the front cover, but like, this is a, this is a song about like, like, this is a very, I, I, I got a feeling that like a lot of, a lot of females bought this album and they'd have to have this album with this weird guy on the front cover in their car. <laughs> it's like, and they just bought it. It's like, have you heard the new Matchbox 20 album? No, I haven't heard of Matchbox 20. Pass it to me. Which CD is it? Um, it's the one with the weird guy with the flight helmet. The- <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think I want to listen to this. Um, oh, you do. Yeah, well, you want to listen to two songs that I knew. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like him or them or anything about them. <laughs> um, I found them to be... Uh, we talked on our um, episode with Shannon, and also I think when we were talking about Weezer, maybe as well. Those, um, oh no, we talk about Everclear. We talk about those 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 bands that could sort of play, play both sides, like the mainstream and the alternative, against each other. Yeah, and I got a feeling that someone told Matchbox Twenty that, but they shouldn't have because they are very very much mainstream, and they should not try and be anything more than that. Um, uh, having said that, I I, I do <laughs> unfortunately the Wallflowers probably got pulled into the Matchbox Twenty sphere because I think they're like a little bit better as a band than Matchbox Twenty, but I think they kind of sounded very similar. So they, I, I'd love for next month Matchbox Twenty and Wallflowers tour to get announced. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a we do have a uh, knack for predicting tours. <laughs> we do. <laughs> See you soon, cause. Yep. Oh, with uh, <laughs> uh, I want to hear the um, "Many Rivers to Cross" by uh, yeah. Oh, what's her name? Tony Childs. Yeah. Although we say predicting, but that episode comes out after that was announced. But you know, true. 
Recorded now, before, just so you know. <laughs> do you want to hear a Do you want to hear a little story from my um teenage years of me no, embarrassing right. myself? Nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, if there's if there's embarrassing involved, then yeah. Okay, so me let's, and let's uh, get it. me and me and a mate, um, we just started. I think we just started playing music. We we're like getting into like that whole sort of we we're like we're going to be grunge or we're going to be like sort of alternative, and his um his brother knew these like sort of group of girls and um we got invited to their place and they were like very alternative like they were like hanging out and um you know it was just us two and these the, the, the two, two guys two girls and they're very very cool they got like that whole sort of whole posters on their walls um trying to like sort of strum a, a, a acoustic guitar like and i'm trying to like sort of you know <laughs> get my game face on because you know i'm gonna talk to a girl um you know this is this is this is a guy that you know goes to an all-boys school and has zero um game about him whatsoever so anyway they one of the girls says like oh hey i'm gonna put marilyn manson on to which i said i don't like her very much (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a guy and I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> sure looks like a girl. <laughs> oh, so you knew that it was Marilyn Manson or were you confused no. with Marilyn Monroe and Shirley? Nope. I just, I, I, I'd had a flip. I didn't, I'd, I'd heard the name Marilyn Manson. I knew that it was to do with, uh, heavy metal and I knew that they had a song called the beautiful people, but you know, I hadn't, I didn't actively sort of watch any clips or look after look look out for it so like when you see the front cover of um antichrist superstar you know me not wanting to like you know say <laughs> that doesn't look like a girl i'm like well dude, i don't like her very much <laughs> and you know i still don't like her very much <laughs> i still don't like him very much um i'll stick to my um stick to my guns on that but yeah it was so um, you it, at, at the time you were not a fan as well though no, no, no. And I'm like, so on two counts, I'm like, first, you know, at that stage, you should just say you like anything, you know, because you're talking to girls. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when you're 14. I know, like, let me, let me, let me, I haven't got the hindsight that I've got now of being the person that you want to be and just being who you are. And this is also 1996. So you're taught by movies that you have to do anything you can to kiss a girl. <laughs> so just... Get off me. So I, I I told you of a tale when I would have been seventeen or eighteen and a girl was telling me about how often she would cheat on her boyfriend and I said, When it comes to sex, I can take it or leave it. And she left the room immediately. So <laughs> Yeah, you did. There there is a factor for trying to play it cool sometimes and you know yeah. um, negging they call it. Oh that's it. so I was just but I'm just like, you know and to to be to be fair. I was being my true self because I am the sort of person who like t- not to avoid any sort of awkwardness and like, I don't like that thing that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't like her. And she's like, it's a guy. I'm like, I don't like him then. <laughs> How long after that did you leave their house? Uh, very, very shortly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, never no, right after she said that you put out a POD CD. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, you want to have these girls? Um, 
I thought everyone's girls. Uh, no, they. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw them around, but yeah, um, I blew any chance of being cool, and that was. It was more that it was like I. I, I knew did you very- blow it or did they blow it? Because who's no, listening I, to Marilyn Manson? No, back then everyone was listening to Marilyn Manson, and the coolest Ooh. girls were. And I didn't even. I, it's not even a thing. I wanted to, to to kiss them or anything. I I just wanted to look cool, and I never did. <laughs> who's cooler now? Them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but still them. Um, yeah, Pod, whatever. Um, Phil Phil Collins <laughs> released an <laughs> album. Okay, next <laughs> doesn't make sense. No, nah, he was. I think he he didn't go to the Church of Joel and nah. just go, "Hey, no. rest on your laurels, make as much money as you can, just keep playing piano, man." Dancing into the light. Mm. I, yeah, I feel like that should have. If that's a death analogy, I think the word dancing should have been replaced with something else. <laughs> Staggering. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a They Might Be Giants album. This one's not, not one of my favorites, but it's got um, New York City's really good. That's actually a cover of um, that band uh, Cub that I covered a oh, few. Yeah. Um, months ago what's the song um, called new york city new york city that's better um, <laughs> uh james k polk uh yeah like these ones this not not too bad um but it's not yeah it's not, not one of my favorite ones uh we've got midnight oil uh was not too bad like um yeah as much oh, as you, you listen to a lot yeah I, I had this one going for a bit now we all know that you hate evan dando <laughs> That's don't just, ask me why. <laughs> I won't ask you why. Um, but I don't I really, know. I really love this. You're you're a Lemonheads fan though as well. So is this? Are you sure this is Lemonheads song? I feel like this is someone else's song. Is this on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack? <laughs> That's where it belongs. If I could tell, if I, that's a, if I could talk, I'd tell you. I fucking love that song. Um, anything with a whistle solo, <laughs> it's just oh, great. Dear. You've got the outdoor type in this one as well. Uh, it's all tree. It's, this one's a, a really decent album. Um, but yeah, that song, if I could talk, I'd tell you. Oh, one of my favorites of all time. Love it. Um, easy to play. Uh, that's <laughs> I, was like, I have to say, like, if I started a band, it'd probably all sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they they did it right. It would like a Van Dando. Yeah, maybe it's not a bad avenue. A Van. <laughs> Is that that guy from Ace Ventura too? <laughs> He's about to mess with someone's do. It's like, what do you say? White devil, white devil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is that was corn. Um, you would probably know more from if the video's not playing though. That is Adidas or All Day I Dream About Sex by Corn. Ah, is that why we used to say that in school? Did they start that? Yes, it's in the chorus, dude. Or does school start that? Don't want to. 
Yeah, it's all about about sex. Yeah. He actually says it over and over <laughs> in the song at some point. Also um, in school, we called it after dinner. I did a shit. <laughs> that didn't. That didn't make on the album. That's the B side. Okay. <laughs> that was like, here's one for high school. This one's for college. Um, <laughs> is there anyone, anything you wanted to cover before I sort of? No, I I tried a lot of it. I tried. I wouldn't say a lot of it. Um, I dipped my toes in most of the stuff you've mentioned. Counting Crows. This one I tried out. I really like this. Um, this is by Lush Jackson. This is... Yeah, oh, yeah, I really like that. them. Um, Did you also was... enjoy Ghostface Killer? I did. Okay, I feel like that should be up your street. That was really cool. Um, did you listen to... Because you're going to hear it a bit next. Oh, I thought that was one way or another. That is Buy Me a Pony by Spider-Mate. So really getting to the Australian alternative stuff now. That song... Why am I going to hear that? Because it got number one in the hottest 100 of next year no yes um and if you went to any uh battle of the bands competition as i did with my band several times there would be at least three bands that would do a cover of buy me a pony because it goes for about a minute and a half it's a really short song it's very easy to play um our band did it a couple of times because my drummer liked the fact that because Cram from Spiderbait sang it, so the drummer sang the song. So he's like, yeah. "Oh, I'm a drummer, I could sing it too." Um, but yeah, that one's yeah. Um, I really prefer if we're, if we're going to go Spiderbait, this song is great. Is this their first one? This is their second album. But this is their <laughs> breakthrough album. Oh yeah. Now you're in a mosh fit. Get ready for it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I can imagine that hitting a lot harder live. It does. And it yeah. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to. Um, yeah, the Wilco, like, like I, I like Wilco, but man, they... Wil- it's, it's very similar to a lot of albums on this list for me. Everything I, I listen to, they might be giants, uh, counting crows, uh, founds of Wayne. So much of it just had that kind of easy listening. Yeah, and this is this is this is the, this is where we split paths. Like, whereas you guys, where you might sort of see it as like ambient. Mine's like this is like I latched onto this stuff at the time. It's probably an age thing too. Like it's like this yeah. is the stuff that well, I like, didn't have this stuff at the time. I I found it. Yeah, much later on. Yeah, and like you've also got like, and then you, you you're looking back on a um past like the stuff that you're actually into. So and it's like a lot of it's quite different. Like, you know, no one no one should have allowed Wilco to release a nearly twenty song album of songs that pretty much sound the same. <laughs> but <laughs> the, they did. The biggest crime this month is that the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack does not have any Radiohead songs on it. It's really hard to find that on like i mean like, you can get like the, the playlists and stuff of it but yeah. yeah um i really liked so from the Romeo and juliet one i love the other clear song local god i reckon that was fucking amazing um okay for the film i believe laura tells me yes yeah 
What, that one was made for the film? Yeah. Yeah, because he talks about Romeo in it. Um, and, um, I mean, the big... Wasn't the big one the Young Hearts? Uh, yes. That yeah. and um, Garbage, Number One Crush. And also, uh, um, what's cool? Uh, Cardigan's Love Fool. Love Fool, yeah. Um, Radiohead's talk show host is on there, but it's not as good as Exit Music for a film because that's the greatest Exit Music for a film there ever was. <laughs> um, Pretty good soundtrack, though. I um, So, like, you know, I'm a big Counting Crows fan. Um, Recovering the Soul Lights yeah. came out, and this one's like, uh, it's, it's, it's my least favorite album, and listening to it, like, over this year, um, I've just for some reason got back into it again. It's like probably one of their um, rockier albums. Like there's like there's quite a lot of um, there's not as many ballads. Like the, and when it does get a ballad, you get like a really good one, like um, a long December, which is amazing. Um, but Angel of the Silences, Daylight Fading, um, is being that I used to. I've, I reckon I've listened to that nearly every day for a month before. Um, I don't know why. It just makes me feel happy. Um, <laughs> and we've also got uh, this is. Daylight Fate. Very much poor rock. But when I heard this in The Bear, this song. Have You Seen Me Lately? I was very, very happy. It was like one of the third or fourth episode. Yeah, so it's, look, I I think, I know. So how well did The Bear use their music? They did, yeah. Oof. And look, I know that Cannon Crows are a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, but maybe just listen to them because they're really good songwriters and they're really good at what they do. Um, but yes, we should we should wrap this up because it's been going a long time and I've called, I think my boys are in bed. <laughs> um, One last thing because music was such a shit show of releases. Uh, I just want to quickly mention where the Bridge School benefit. Oh, that's yep. The the Neil Young show he puts on two nights at a Shoreline Amphitheater. Bowie played it. Pete Townsend played it. Neil Young obviously played it. Pearl Jam played it. Was it the first time? Um, or? No, they did. I think ninety one or ninety two was the first one. No, they did okay. it before um their MTV unplugged. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that was or after. I think that was kind of the, one of the starting points. Um, their sets were kind of similar for them. Like they mixed them up a little bit. Like they changed the order around a bit, but kind of the same songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the main thing I want to mention, I forgot to mention last month. I'd had this on my list for so long because this was such like a turning point for me as a live Pearl Jam fan. Um, they played two shows at Randall's Island at the end of September. Right. And that was kind of where Pearl Jam changed from being, you know, got a few albums out doing these radio hits to playing for like three hours, playing whatever they wanted to the point where like the crowd starts leaving. <laughs> um, they did two encores. They did 32 songs on the second night. Um, and I think, yeah, that was kind of the, the moment where they, they just changed as nice. what they were going to be as a live act. So uh, might be mentioning this sort of stuff a bit more often if you like Pearl Jam. If you don't, too bad because... I do, and it's exciting. The second encore was Off He Goes, Present Tense, and Yellow Lead Better. All right. Yeah, it's a good way to end the night. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the one on the bootleg. He's like, I had this dream where we kept playing and people just were leaving because we played for so long. But like, you beat us. You, you beat us. Like, 
<laughs> if that lasted at all. Um, yeah, nice that's scenes for you. I was just, I was just checking out in the forums. There's quite a lot of, uh, <laughs> quite a lot of uh, hype about it on the on the forums and stuff about the Randall's Island shows. So. Yeah, I my second ever Pearl Jam show. I met a guy that was there, and it was apparently it was, it was raining. Yes, um, I don't know. If both nights were maybe they were. But yeah, it was, it was like meeting a celebrity, someone who was there that night for like this monumental shift in this band's live career um yeah it's pretty cool blues travel was cool. cool yeah um cool all right so what is your favorite movie uh, i thought we gotta skip that bit <laughs> um it's get on the bus i gave three and a half i really liked it but i can't look past that thing you do and there is a good look at black history and del paxton character you know yeah, yeah, jazz. You know, I'm. Uh, That's cool. You're not racist. You know. It's fine. No, um, I'm gonna give it to um, Long Kiss Goodnight because oh. it just uh, that one just is toss up between that and Ghost of the Darkness. But I think that oh. one just pipped it. So that, and that thing you do was up there. That thing you do was up there too. Like it's was it Sleepers was up there too. It's um for me it was like a really good month. Like to me, to me this is like the movies that I watched all throughout my teenage years. Like on. Saturday night after I finished watching The Pretender. Um, so <laughs> It was a month of like slightly above average films, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, so let's get on to what do you, what was your favourite song and what was your favourite album? Am I allowed to give it to Number One Crash by Garbage? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because be if it's not, then it's going to be pushed by Matchbox 20. Jesus Christ. And the album? Um, an album purely by... D- nothing against it purely by default is probably going to be Mazzy star minus okay. one because it was nice i can listen to the whole thing i could listen to it again everything else i'm like nah i don't want this around i is a toss-up between fountains wayne and crown crows Ooh. for the album um i think i'm gonna get to from the way you spoke i assume it's counting crows yeah i think it's a counting crows because like Found Wayne's next album's probably like slightly better than this one. And I'm gonna give it the song to If I Could Talk I Tell You by the Lemonheads because it's fun and great and it's got a whistle solo. Um You're a fool. Uh no. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um and but nothing for Marilyn Manson because I don't like her. Um no, she's awful. Let's <laughs> go. Evan, play me out. See that whistle solo here. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us, um, living the past pod at gmail.com. Check us out. Like that song about that, that jump song that was in Bruce Almighty. <laughs> um, check us out on Instagram. Um, we'll bring check us you out on Instagram. This. Yeah. Um, and until next time, we've got some Simpsons coming up. We've got the rest of the, we're, we're nearly at the end of this. We are nearly at the end. Of this weird year. Um, for me, I'm not sure. Like I, I just, it's, I keep saying it. It's like this just wasn't as, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Here's some whistles. It's a weird whistle somewhere. Anyway, um, yeah, looking forward to 1997. Like, if you want to know, uh, we haven't really sort of sorted it out yet, but um, it'll be sometime. Um, it'll happen. It'll happen. It's just yeah, we're gonna probably take a bit of a break between this one and the next one. But um, yeah, it's it's. I've I've had a quick peek behind the curtain. And I've got a feeling, for me, there's going to be a lot more uh, movie episodes because there's a lot of movies that I want to like 
do a bit of a deep dive on Uh-oh. in 1997. So 97 could be a, a two-part season. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carla Kagenbin. Check out her stuff at carlakagenbin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlakagenbin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cosy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.